good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Episode. Ooh, absolutely no idea. <laughs> Coming at you from two different postcodes. It's another lockdown podcast. Sorry about the sound content. Sounding consonants. I think possibly 75. As soon as I'm sat on the computer, I could probably have a look, couldn't I? This is another absolutely polished start for us. I'm currently this is what happens. playing with my phone. <laughs> How, Joe, are you finding the lockdown thus far? A little bit dry, Jamesy, but all right. My audible I thought I'd be usage... right up your street. <laughs> My audible usage is very high, which I'm very much enjoying. Other than that, what, what have you been listening to? Uh, what have I listened to recently? I just finished Mark Manson's Love Is Not Enough. I finished Russell Brand's Mentor. Charles Manson. Not quite Charles Manson. An interesting character, though. Has he got any books? Uh, he's got lots of books about him. Yeah, I've written any. I can't imagine. What about you? Um, Yeah, good. Enjoying spending more time with the little meatball, uh, laughing at him, teaching him his sign language. Um, But all good. I've got to say, I think having a baby, um, I don't know if you're aware we've had a baby. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably absolutely primed. It's the perfect time. um, Because we weren't going out anyway. So it's not like we were going out for meals and going out drinking every night. Tanya is just kind of off maternity, so she's used to staying in a lot. And he's kind of low maintenance when it comes to entertainment-wise. You can just give him a drum or put on, you know, a hat or something like that, and he's good to go. Happy days. <laughs> yeah, like my brother's got a five-year-old and um, Tilly's one, and they are tearing up, and he's not got a massive house. So I think he's quite stressed. In fact, it's all right because I know that he'll never listen to this. He sent me a message saying he can understand, he can sympathise with people who slaughter their entire families. <laughs> I, think, I think it was very tongue in cheek before anyone gets upset. <laughs> I think he means well, it. My brother's working from home today with his nine-year-old, seven-year-old, and six-year-olds. Like that's not going to work. I just want to point out for the listeners, all three of them, that uh, Joe's brother is in the army. What the fuck is he doing from home? He's playing Uno at the moment. <laughs> He's sat on the roof of an M16. Yeah, I think so. My brother is a man of very little patience, so we imagine that's not going particularly well. <laughs> Up a watchtower with a rifle. He right. makes me anyway, yeah, so we have talked. It's episode 74. I've just checked. <laughs> um, thank God you checked. Uh, thank you for listening. That's us, and we'll speak to you next, next week. <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> right I, hate, I hate podcasts where they just chutter on for like the first 10 minutes about their lives. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why I actually do that. This is the longest that I've ever not seen you, I think, in about five years. I know, yeah, isn't it? Easily. It be. Longer than like a week or something. Right, so get to the podcast. Let's go. What are we talking about, Joe? We've not even announced it. 
talking about the power of positivity, Jamesy. Indeed, which is just so important right now and also going to be your biggest asset, I would say. But quite difficult in these times. Don't you agree, Joe? I do, James. I think I'm, I'm a very positive person, so it's not something that I would often uh, struggle with personally. But I think positivity in general, when it comes to what we do as fat loss slash nutrition coaches, is something that is in rather short supply. Um, and I think that at the moment it's going to be something people struggle with even more. It's probably a good time to work on this skill so that when this finishes, people will hopefully be more adept at being positive. Yeah, I think there's lots of positives. Ooh, backlog. Lots of positives still to pull out of things. And like I said, it is a skill. It's something that you need to practice. It's something that you need to be aware of because it's so easy from what I see you know, with people. I, I, same with Joe. I feel like I'm a very positive person. I can pull positives out of my ass if I need to, so to speak. Not a pretty picture. Thank <laughs> God this is a podcast. <laughs> um, and it's something that I see lots of people struggling with. And, you know, not that positivity breeds positivity, but negativity definitely breeds <laughs> negativity. You know, I did the video the other week about kind of being able to choose your mood. And that was kind of example. That was something that I learned when I was back on the doors. And I would dread kind of working bank holidays and uh, Friday before Christmas and even New Year's Eve because I knew there was going to be a lot of idiots drunk like Joe, trying to get as drunk as they can, as fast as they can. And I was going to have to deal with a lot of idiots. So kind of building up to that event, I would go, oh, I'm going to have a shit night. 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 And then subconsciously, I'd look for everything that proved that I was going to have a shit night. You know, like not being able to park where I want to park or people driving like idiots. You know, just anything to kind of prove me right. Whereas if you switch on your head, you go, I'm going to have a fucking awesome night tonight. I'm going to have a great shift. I'm going to start subconsciously looking for all the things that prove that, you know, like having a laugh, people being nice, all these things that you don't necessarily notice when you're already setting yourself up to be pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, have you started getting people to do a positive in their daily emails as well? Yeah, I get people to send their three wins every single day to me. Okay. I just, so I just do with my clients, I just do one positive from the day before. Um, and I think that so often when people struggle and you, you know, you see people saying, I can't think of anything positive today. And it always reminds me of when, you know, my experience growing up with my mother and anytime I'd say something negative, it would always be, you know, you, you should, you're so, you should be so grateful. You've got clean clothes on your back. You've got you know, shoes on your feet, you've got fresh running water, you've got food in the fridge and a roof above your head and a soft bed to lie in at night and she just reel off these 10, 15 things. And that, as much as, oh man, I hated it at the time, was so good now for making me positive and being able to help me when I'm, when I'm struggling. Um, there's something from Russell Brand's book yesterday. He was talking about a friend of his and he called him up one day and they're having a chat and he went, oh yeah, I'm having my leg removed because I've got cancer. And he was like, what? Was like, Why didn't you mention this? He went, oh, well, just, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? And he just kind of went on and he, he said he spoke to him a couple of years later and he was having a lung removed because he'd gotten cancer again. And he just said that it's good to have friends like that because it just reminds you of what you, there is to be grateful for and things to be positive for. And I think that everyone's different and people have got their own ways of, of dealing with things. And it makes me personally very grateful to have been brought up that way. And also it enables me to help others find positives because 
it's just something that I'm acutely aware of and a lot of people aren't. I think we take so much for granted and you put a post up on Facebook the other day about the lockdown and some people really struggled to find positives mm -hmm. in a positive post with examples of positives. Um, and I think that people are just not aware that they've got control over this. They, there's a belief that this is just how they're wired up. And actually, like we've mentioned a couple of times, it's just a skill to work on that will have a massive benefit to your life. Yeah, and I think it, it does come naturally to some people, but then other people, like you said, it's a skill it needs to be worked on. And kind of just what you were saying there about the, the guy with his leg amputated reminded me of a story. I can't remember where it came from. It's a real story. Some, uh, I think it was Australia. They went out on kind of like a charter boat thing, like I think two boats, and then they jumped off. They're all swimming in the middle, and then someone shouted shark, and everyone got out except for this one woman. Well, obviously, she was trying to get out, but she wasn't just kind of swimming with the shark. And as she went to get out of the boat, the shark grabbed her leg and they pulled her in the boat and the shark had actually bitten her full leg off. And she said she looked down and the first thing she thought was, thank God I'm alive. Mm. And it's just that shift of focus, isn't it, where most people are like, oh my God, I've lost my leg. I can't believe I've lost my leg. You know, I'm going to live the rest of my life with just one leg. Where she was like, I'm so good, I'm alive. And it's exactly the same situation, but it's just looking at it through a different frame, a different set, you know, a different view, a different set of eyes. Um, and it just makes all the difference to every kind of situation that, that you, you come across. I think, you know, the, the biggest issue and the sustained belief system is not that people lack the knowledge. It's not that I saw something the other day saying counting calories is brilliant, but only 10% of the population do it. So it's a redundant process for 90% of people. And mm. we work with that 90% of people on the whole. Yeah. You know, 99% of our clients don't weigh their food. And that means that then, what are your triggers going to be? It's suddenly not whether you can add up your food, it's whether you can eat well under stressful situations for the most part, isn't it? Because people will eat off plan because things are going wrong, because they're looking for food to give them something. And so if you can then become a more positive person and food is not needed or desired as often because you're less stressed, because you're more positive, because you're happier, then you're just reducing the number of times you're going to go off plan in that less shit's going to bother you, less things are going to get you down. You've got this skill set where you can feel better without needing food. You know, if, it's a human default, isn't it, to look for food to make us happy. And if you're yeah. always happy, then you're going to want to eat more. If you're always happy, you know, and obviously there's going to be exceptions to the rules. And I know that causation doesn't equal, you know, proof aren't the same thing, but it's just, you know, we talk about, marginal gains and it's just those building blocks that's going to help things work in your favor like having a nutritious breakfast there's no guarantee it's going to keep your day on plan but in my experience it makes a massive difference so why not do it yeah you're making things harder for yourself if you have a fucking bottle of cocoa pops for your breakfast you're yeah. making it harder for the rest of the day but yeah 100 percent, i think as well too many people and, and again it's it's good to work reactively but not many people or not enough people work kind of proactively. And I think that's a big thing that we're embedding with the combat Corona plan to go back to that is putting yourself in as positive place as possible. Instead of just kind of looking for coping mechanisms. So I'm sad. Give me some kind of, you know, coping mechanisms, which is cool. You know, there's things that we go into like in the emotional eating podcast, episode 25, learn off by heart now. Um, but also working proactively, so keeping yourself in that happy state or putting yourself in that happy state by doing things as soon as you get up, you know, kind of like affirmations, meditation, exercise, you know, 
you're putting yourself into a positive state. You're, you know, ticking off your to-do list. You are sending appreciation messages. You're looking at your gratitude journal. All these things, like you said, are kind of making you bulletproof. So when shit hits the fan, which it always will, and that's another thing I think people expect to have like three months where there's no stress in their life. There's always going to be stress in your life. Sorry to break it to you. Something's always going to happen, but it's going to be how you cope with that. And the example I always use with people is, you know, you can have, not the same as the girl getting a leg bitten off, but you can have exactly the same situation, but how you feel in that moment will change how you react to it. So, you know, you come downstairs and the kids have left all the toys out. Now, if you're feeling really good about yourself, it's sunny, you're really happy, you've had a great night's sleep, you've had a lovely breakfast, you've all these things, you're probably just going to deal with that fine. You don't mean you're either going to tidy it up, you're going to get to tidy it up, you're going to be fine. If you come downstairs, you're hungry, you're tired, you're already pissed off, it's going to be a completely different reaction. You're probably going to go fucking nuts. You know, um, so it's kind of working proactively as well as reactively. For me, that's a big thing and that's, you know, kind of the idea of people collecting wins, say, doing the affirmations, everything that I've listed there will put you in that happy space, which means you can deal with all the shit so much better. When you're healthy, when you're happy, you know, you can take, take stuff in your strides. When you're feeling shitty, tired, everything will piss you off. I think you, you've, you know, made a nice point there with regards to being proactive and, you know, doing all the, the gratefulness and the affirmations and all of these things. And I think another, another one of the tools that we use is kind of the CBT style approach of questioning our immediate thoughts. And I've done this before when I get annoyed with the dog. And as daft as it sounds, you know, he's slow. Yeah. I'm getting angry and I think, right, so what is your actual issue here? Like, I'm frustrated the dog is walking slowly. So what is, so what's going on? So what's the proof that is a genuine issue? Like, what's my belief? And my belief is actually that the dog should walk at a certain speed. And as soon as you take that one step back, you go, now it's all, I'm already, that's already starting to unravel, is that I've got an expectation that my dog with an IQ of seven and walk at a certain speed consistently seven <laughs> you know and it's and this is you say about the, the kids with the toys is that you people have an expectation that their children should be able to do a certain thing and i know that my brother's done some of this stuff when he's kind of struggled with with his kids is that he just has you know he said to me i go into work and i cough and 50 adult men will stand up straight and listen to me i go home and i can't get my kid to keep their pants on for five minutes <laughs> so he has an expectation that people should listen to him and behave a certain way but their children, they are, you know, currently nine, eight, and six. So it's not going to work that way. And it's just, and if you can break it down, and often, you know, he has a, an expectation that's unrealistic, but that has been, you know, the way it is for him for the last 20 years. Whereas as soon as you can just peel it back one layer and you go, you're getting angry with an, a six-year-old child for not putting their toys away, it suddenly makes you kind of shine a different light on it. And I think you were saying about the lady who lost her leg, looking at it from two different perspectives. And that's kind of looking at it from the child's perspective, isn't it? Of what's going on here? You know, your child has forgotten to put their toys away. This is not a reason to lose your shit and to go and drink a bottle of wine or whatever. Like this is just part and parcel of being a parent or, you know, a dog owner. Isn't it? Everyone's got their own foibles and it's trying to just change the way that you're perceiving perfectly natural events. Yeah. Like or situations. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So that's why I think, you know, people working proactively and again, just the triggers are always going to be there. Um, 
and again like I say if you can be proactive if you can put yourself in a happy state if you can you know almost like attack negativity by kind of putting up those barriers putting up those kind of happy shields it's going to make such a big difference and then it'll be so much easier to deal with those things and obviously there are kind of like the different tactics that we describe in the podcast in the numerous videos that can kind of just give you that false lift because it's just so hard once you fall into that little kind of like pit of despair you kind of blinkered and it's so hard to see anything else positive and again you know speaking for me i'm sure you'll agree as well is you'll get messages from people like i've had a shit day i've had a shit week a shit month it's been terrible months it's like when you break it down it's been two or three things that's it and you're missing out on everything else and that's why kind of journaling and the positivity journaling and the gratitude and the wins are just so important because they help you realize all the good things going on like you know can you your mum said to you like you know i'm now i'm sat in my shorts in a warm house the sun's shining you know there's shoes on this carpet on the foot i've just eaten you know there's so many wins going on there's so many positive things that you know the fact that i can't go to a restaurant right now isn't you know massive the fact that i'm working from home right now i can't go to the gym well there's lots of other stuff i can do you know yeah. i mean i've just done a workout in the garden with a couple of kettlebells that's all right that that'll keep me ticking over you know there's this once you focus on what you can do over what you can do what you can do is always going to massively outnumber what you can't do mm. and i you know coming from that kind of positive mindset you know i've always been in the belief that if you know heaven forbid not that i believe in heaven but if anything tragic did happen to me, I'd like to think that I'd always have that kind of mindset where I was like, right, okay, what can I do? You know, if I had a, if I brought my back or, you know, lost a leg or something like that, like that shark attack, but you'll never catch me in the sea because I'm shit scared of sharks. Um, even in Turkey, when we were swimming, Italian, I was like, this, there could be sharks here. There's no sharks in Turkey, but I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm off. Like, you've got me thinking about it. I'm off. Anyway, that I'd always think, well, what could I do? You know, could I do some wheelchair stuff or, you know, swimming yeah. or anything like that? And I think, yeah, I'm not even entirely sure where that mindset's come from, but it's just such a big payoff. You know, it's just, that is such a, a worthwhile investment in your time to yeah. practice those skills. You've, you've said something there that, that resonated with something I read recently. They're talking about spiraling, and it was a book, I did a video on it by a lady called Brene Brown, and a book, The Power of Vulnerabilities, the book. Yeah. She basically says that she came back from a date night with her husband and was like, imagine if we got burgled now and then the burglar shot us and the kids saw our bodies and you just went on this like negative spiral and you see this a lot with people where they're always catastrophizing isn't it yeah people always expecting stuff to go wrong and the worst case scenario and in the research they've actually found that people who do this don't deal with negative events any better so actually there's no benefit you're not better prepared whenever people have catastrophic events it's really shit no matter what you do so she's basically saying that the way that the people who don't, the people who have the most pleasurable lives get around this is that they have these immediate thoughts and then they go straight to um, gratuity or what they're grateful for. So she was saying, if you worry about, you know, what's her fear there? Her fear is that her children will be sad. So she's then grateful for all of the things, you know, she thinks about her children, what she's grateful for. And it's amazing how I found that with certain things, I'll do this and you have one thought and two thoughts and three thoughts and suddenly you've had 10 minutes of going through all these disastrous scenarios. And actually, if you just nip it in the bud and grab it there and then with you know something you're grateful for, that it, it kind of shuts it down in a way. It's really weird. I've never tried it before, but you've got kind of the, the 
you, the affirmations and the, the gratuity journals and stuff, they're things you can kind of bookend your day with at the start and the end. And then you've got something else you can do kind of in the moment. So I think sometimes people are looking for the perfect solution. Like, oh, I like to run when I'm stressed. But what are you going to do if you've got, you know, a crying baby in your arms, you're in the supermarket. Yeah. You can't go for a run. You need something that you can do in that moment. So whether it's deep breathing or visualization or the, uh, the gratefulness stuff, it's just having those different skills. And, and like you say, just taking a step back and looking at it from a, from a different direction. Because I appreciate this is so hard for people. Because, you know, I know some negative people who you just wouldn't think this is possible. But it's just going to take practice because if it's not something that comes naturally to you, then, you know, my favorite phrase, you can either stand there with your hands on your hips and bemoan that it's not happening or you can do something about it. And I think that they're the people who are the most successful. If you can, if you can turn this Achilles heel into something that you're a strength, you're in such a better position because there's obviously other stuff that you're already good at. This is just something you're not so good at and you're just strengthening your armory almost. Yeah, just to kind of pick up on what you said there, like, because that is a very common one you said to people, kind of like, you know, you did this, you acted like this because you were stressed out, you were unhappy. What makes you happy? What helps you de-stress? And they'll say stuff like, oh, go doing yoga or going for a run or, you know, something like that. And that, that's great. And again, that's things that you can do proactively. Those are things that you can fit into your week that are going to keep you happy and going to keep you, you know, kind of de-stressed. Like the biggest de-stressor I have is training. And, you know, after my little meltdown, you know, two weeks ago was because I wasn't training. Um, but like you said, it needs to be as accessible as the alternative. So if the alternative is obviously probably not now, now, but if you're at work and you want to go to the vending machine and eat a lot of chocolate, then, you know, the, that alternative is much more readily available than you getting changed, going to a yoga class, you know what I mean? Or getting changed and going out for a five mile run. So you need to have these little, short sharp things like you said breathing exercises you know guided meditation uh listening to certain tracks you know songs like your fucking your first dance or a song that reminds you of your kids you know what i mean um looking at photos i've got a great app on my phone uh, it's called one second every day which is obviously just full of pictures of magnus <laughs> growing up but it's great with the iphone because it's got little live photos so it's like a four minute video we've got a year's worth of photos on there and it's just like, oh, shit, this is great. And then having tactics like that, so if your kid is crying, which is a nightmare, but you think about how long did you, you know, work or try? Obviously, that's not that displeasurable. But to get <laughs> pregnant, you know what I mean? To, um, unless you're having sex with me, then it's a real job. Um, terrible. Uh, no, you know, no, how... so it's, not, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very sensitive lover, Joe. Um, <laughs> Where you can rub your, rub your hands through my back hair. <laughs> Come it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be grateful for, you know, that kid. You know, that's a small fraction of time that that child's going to be crying. You're not crying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's, you know, it's upsetting just there. It's there and it's frustrating again. You, you're probably tired. But just think of how grateful you were when you found out you were pregnant. You know, all the good times. It, again, massively outweighs the time that that kid's crying. So just looking at it from a different spin. I think just, yeah, just to tie it into, uh, uh, you know, it's not a podcast if we don't say protein and veg. Is <laughs> I think so often you see people say, you know, I tried these tactics, it didn't work. And then you look at their food and it's just, you look at it and go, this is why you're struggling. Like all the willpower in the world is not going to get you through this because you're just not eating enough. And 
you know, people sometimes will say, well, it wouldn't have made a difference. Like, well, how do you know? You know, I can yeah. say that you've, you've got factors that can make it better and factors that can make it worse. With blood sugar, if your blood sugar is low, it's going to make it worse. It's stable, it's going to make it better. So we talk about kind of those building blocks and putting stuff, putting habits together to make it easier. If you're not eating enough nutritious food, all of the things we've just mentioned are going to be absolutely useless because you're just setting yourself up to fail by putting yourself at a you know, biological disadvantage. So you have to make sure that you're eating enough food, you've got stable blood sugar, give yourself a fighting chance of dealing with all these stresses. Is I know that when you know, we do these things in a group at the moment, and people are saying, I'm struggling with this and struggling with that, and you know, I don't know how to deal with my emotions and my anxiety, but well, let's look at your food. Well, I had a smoothie for breakfast and a tin of soup for lunch. Well, I can give you all the coping mechanisms in the world, but this will get a lot better if you eat a bit more. Um, so yeah. it's just worth throwing that in. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, not, um, not necessarily saying it was an emotional, was it? An emotional person, my client actually wasn't, but you know, just going from making things easier for yourself. So she is got PMT at the moment, so massive cravings. So instead of, she skipped to breakfast, she went out for a really long walk with her husband. I can't remember if they did have a row or not. I'm sure she'll tell me if she listens. Um, and then came back and then just ate a load of crap. And he's just like, well, I'm not really surprised because you didn't make things, you made things really harder for yourself. You went out hungry, did a lot of exercise, didn't listen to what your body was saying by giving it, you know, more carbohydrates around the times of your cycle. Again, check out the podcast for that one. Um, you've just made things harder for you to stick to. And again, you know, you're relying on kind of willpower and all these things. You've got to make things as easy as possible for you to stick to what you want to. And being positive is one of those things. Um, just collecting evidence I know it's one of those things that we go on about like probably about as much as we do about protein and veg but it's when you you know your limiting beliefs you believe that behaving in a certain way will bring you pleasure you know I've read out a couple of these sheets from the corona uh, combat in the group challenge those beliefs put them down on paper you know if you do an action that you're not happy with so you got upset you ate an easter egg Smart is Easter egg, 25 pence, Asda. I'd be robbing myself if I didn't buy two. <laughs> but I've already eaten one. The other one Tanya. Um, you know, so you smash an entire Easter egg. Okay, what did you believe at the time? Well, I believe that, you know, eating this Easter egg would make me feel better. What are your actual beliefs now? What's the, what's the reality? Actually, I feel shit. I really wish I hadn't done it. Instant regret from eating it. Um, so what are you going to try next time? And then you have something in paper. And I said, like, one of my clients... I'll probably pull it up actually. Um, he said that, like pretty much what I've said there, verbatim. What do you know about that? Let me just pull it up. Um, he said his inaccurate belief was chocolate will make him feel better. Reality, almost instant regret. And then the realization that I'm further away from my journey than I was 10 minutes before this. So you already had, you know, the self chatter of chocolate will make me feel better. I'm going to eat this. Chocolate will make me feel better. But then in reality, it's made him feel worse. So try next. Stop and consciously think about what I'm going to do next. Ask myself, is it worth it? Is there an alternative? Am I actually hungry? What happens if I don't eat this shit? And I said to him, now you've got an actual sheet that you've written out that you can pull out. So the next time you have that internal chatter, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling tired, I'm upset, chocolate made me feel better. You've got some fucking proof. You've got a note. You won't know Marty McFly as well, you yeah. uh, Vaguely. Back to the future? <laughs> yeah, there you go, Joe. Uh, it's because Joe's 12 years old. Um, <laughs> You've got a note from your future self saying, hang about, this is what you're thinking, but this is actually what's going to happen if you do make that choice. 
and it's just so powerful. And again, next time he does that, he reads that sheet, doesn't do it, massive positive. It's yeah. one step closer to not behaving like that again. It's one step closer to building that skill set where he can negotiate situations like that and then eventually won't need the sheet because he'll know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the case that there's just so many little tools of the gratuity journals, being accountable, keeping your blood sugar stable, having reminders, you know, solid goal setting. You've got all of these different pillars and most people come into it with none and they're just, and then they're banking on willpower. You know, that is a very finite resource that is going to come and go with the wind that you can't, you can't magic out of nowhere. Is it yeah. sometimes you have a bit more, sometimes you have a bit less. You know, sadly, people are most motivated when they're the fattest. So you've then got to have all those other foundations in place. And, you know, it's like a team effort, isn't it? It's like you're trying to play a game of football and you've only, only got one player. Like, no matter how good that player is, you know, if you've got Messi on your team, but that's all you've got and that's willpower, it's not going to make a difference when you're against a team of 11 and you're really struggling. You know, you need all of those resources at your disposal and to be doing them consistently. Yeah, and I think one of the things that people miss is the fact that it takes work. You need to work at this. Um, just going again from another client who has been struggling recently. We've had quite a lot of back and forth. Um, and she just kind of said, like, look, um, my head's not in the right place at the moment. I'm not actually saying my, I've got loads of distractions because she's working at home and the kids at home and stuff like that and her husband's at home. It's like, I'm working at home, so can I um, stop for three weeks? And then hopefully I'll be more focused. And it's just like, What's going to happen in three weeks? I'll tell you what's going to happen in three weeks. You're going to get fat. You know, you're going to carry on making these terrible choices. And then, yeah, in three weeks, you might be more motivated because you're a stone heavier. Yeah. I would hope that's not exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 Because you'll be more desperate to change then. But that's going to be a massive backward step. So it's just like <clears throat> you need to get on this now and you need to work out why it's important and what you're going to do to make this easier. And like I said, you know, lots of people, when they kind of mess up, are like, I'm going to review my goals. It's like, okay, cool. Review your goals, but that's one part of it because the goals were still there. The goals were the same when you were messing up. So we need to look at adding something else, and that's when you add in the positivity stuff. For me, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you know, or the blood sugar stuff, or like yeah. you know, it's going that's, be... all, that's all going to help in making it easy, isn't it? If yeah. you've got a full belly, a happy belly, you know what I mean. You're not again. It's it's another thing off the tick list. Like say, if you're hungry, your blood sugar's on its ass. You're again relying on willpower. Yeah. Which is just make it harder. So if you are eating got all the right food choices and you're still feeling shitty, then you've got the positivity as well. But if yeah. you're hungry and you're feeling shitty, it's gonna be a whole world of pain, isn't it? You're forcing yourself down that alley, aren't you? You're giving yourself no way out of you know, I've I've spent a, a long enough time myself doing that of not eating breakfast, having something small for lunch, getting home, then being and then, you know, I've eaten four hundred calories all day. Like that is only gonna go one way. I'm not gonna take in two and a half thousand calories of rice, oats and sweet potato. Like I'm going off plan and I'm going big yeah. because I've forced myself down that, down that path, you know? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. You good? I think that's us. So thank you very much for listening. It could be a longer one. I don't know because we've not timed it, but um, as always, if you need help guys, get in touch. That is exactly what we're here for. If you need some advice, if you just you know, have a struggle that you're really, really struggling with, obviously, because it's a struggle, um, please, please, please get in touch. Drop us an email, messages on Facebook, message the page on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're listening, uh, and just let us know. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Awesome. Thank you. Good night. Thanks.